Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to Live Bet Sunday, presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. That's right, no college football lines revealed because there's no college football lines to reveal. They've been up for a while. So we're going to go with two hours of Live Bet Sunday here, of course, going forward until we are taken off the air. Uh, it's, then it's going to go forward with the uh, the usual trio. Is it you three again? Jeff Parles, Ben Wilson, and uh, Danny Burke with his fantastic facial hair. Um, going to be a great job. You guys do awesome. I sit in here regularly and listen to you guys all the time, and it's because I'm a fan. Not because I want to sit here and watch football. Uh, all right. We have some uh, updates to get to here, National Football League-wise. First off, um, it is a treat, I think, to watch Justin Fields on a week-to-week basis. The kid is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and he did it again. He actually had what looked like a 48-yard touchdown run, uh, but he stepped out of bounds at about the 9-yard line. But it was a tremendous run in which he was actually in the grasp of a defender behind the line of scrimmage for a sack, gets out of that, then takes it upfield, and then squirts away from another bit of pressure to get into, of course, uh, the red zone. They finished it off with a David Montgomery touchdown run. However, Cairo Santos, um, the extra point is no good. So it is a 6-3 score. 40 and a half are in-game total here. So, again, we're getting the scoring that we kind of were hoping for. Explosive plays from Justin Fields is exactly what you needed if you wanted to get this thing over a total of any sort, and we're getting it now. So the Eagles have a chance to respond. They're a five and a half point favorite right now with a total of 48 and a half. Also, of course, worth pointing out that the Eagles, who closed as eight and a half, nine point favorites, are well underneath that pre-flop number two. So if you want to get in on Philly and think that this slow start is uh, nothing to worry about, and you think you can get in on this cheap number, well, you can go in and lay five and a half with the Philadelphia Eagles. But tremendous play from Justin Fields to get the the Bears the lead here and 
the scoring to get up. Now, I will say, as somebody who has a under five, uh, excuse me, under six win total for the Chicago Bears, I would really enjoy them not winning this game. So, you know, let's pump the brakes on maybe achieving a victory. But regardless, a, a very solid run there from Fields and a lead for the Chicago Bears. Let's go to a matchup that uh, we have not hit on yet outside of score updates to give you a, a box score update too. The New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia. I was going to say, what is that? Atlanta Falcons. I was going to go 76ers too. I don't know why. Uh, Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill combining for two touchdown passes for New Orleans. So they have this 14 3 lead. However, uh, the New Orleans Saints were on a seven play, 60 yard drive until on a third and one at the Atlanta 15, uh, there was a fumble that was recovered by the Atlanta Falcons. So Falcons right now are on that ensuing drive. However, looks like they're going to go three and out as it's fourth down now for Atlanta. So the defense holds, but Falcons can't do anything with it. Ritter, uh, Ritter's been under pressure quite a bit here in this game too and scrambling a little bit to try to make something happen. Not going to be the case. So in-game standpoint right now, 13.5 in favor of New Orleans, who's about to get the ball back, spread off the board, so we'll give you an update there. But this has been all New Orleans so far. And uh, Ritter, I don't think really this offensive output has been anything just on Desmond Ritter's shoulders. Uh, this offense really has not been performing very well over the last couple of weeks, and uh, it doesn't really help that your offensive line has given you really no time in any way, shape, or form. So we'll keep an eye there as the Saints are about to get the ball back. And uh, I want to go to another update, too. Well, I mean, I have to go to multiple ones because we have a whole hour left. Uh, but Pittsburgh and Carolina, 14-7, to 435 left to go in the second. I'll bring this up for uh, one real reason. We... Uh, Talked about Ben Wilson. I'm going to give him all the credit in the world for this. Ben Wilson's angle of looking at this as an in-game underplay, right? Because on three consecutive drives, you get 12 plays, 67 yards, touchdown. You get 11 plays, 85 yards, touchdown. And then 10 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. So the uh, Panthers and Steelers combined for three consecutive touchdown drives. However, since then, we're starting to see, right? Maybe this offenses are starting to slow down a bit. We had a three and out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they punt that ball back. Right now, the Carolina Panthers have, I think, a third and 10 going on right now in the ensuing possession with 433 left to go in the second. So very much uh, maybe heading down the path of this starting to slow down from a scoring standpoint between these two. In-game total is now 44 and a half. And remember, our pre-flop total here was 37 or 37 and a half. So scoring trending up. But I think we might now be on the verge of this thing really starting to slow down. This is a pretty big third and 10 for those who maybe got in on an inflated in-game number for the total. We'll see if the Steelers can get off the field here because that would be big for those of, the, uh, those of you who wanted to get this thing under the total. Did Jalen Hurts just throw another interception? Jalen Hurts was just picked off yet again. Now, this is good. This is what we dig here. Uh, Darnold gets sacked too, by the way. So this is going to get back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the Bears are going to get set up inside the 30 right now for another hopefully, scoring drive, but that was, I haven't seen the uh, the degree to which that interception happened, I mean, like how bad it was, but Hertz has seemed pretty off here early on uh, against Chicago, and against the deep, wow, that was, looked like maybe he could have gotten a penalty on that, like that was a lot of contact in the middle of the field, and uh, he really threw that way out of range of his wide receiver, so that's a pretty bad interception, and the Bears are going to get set up inside the 30-yard line of the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel like you probably could have called something there. Um, but maybe more contact, at least in terms of grabbing the towel out of the back end of the receiver. Regardless, there's no flags, and the Chicago Bears are going to set up for a potential short-scoring drive here. First and 10 with Fields now back out uh, onto the field of play. All right, let's go elsewhere really quickly because it did look like the Detroit Lions were setting up to potentially score a uh, touchdown. Not the case. Lions are held back yet again inside the red zone. So now this is a couple of empty red zone possessions for the Detroit Lions. Got to feel like if you bet this thing over, 
You should have a couple of more points here on the board. And if you bet the Detroit Lions, got to feel like maybe their lead should be a little bit larger. But 10-7 right now. Detroit Lions up on top. 7-1 left to go. And look at these touch, these drives here for the Lions. We're talking about the first one. 14 plays, 73 yards that take up 8 minutes and 5 seconds. Then 15 plays, 62 yards that take up 7 minutes. And they end up with a total of 3 points on those 2 drives. So underbetters really dig what is going on here. Uh, despite the fact that you have 17 points, uh, that is a lot of time off of the clock. And uh, right now, the Jets, outside of the 2 explosive plays that we talked about, have not been very consistent with their own offensive play. So as we're looking at right now, they have a second and I think we'll call it like seven. But the Lions got to be kicking themselves for some really big missed opportunities after two really strong drives. In-game right now, Jets still a favorite at minus one and a half with a total of 44 and a half, partly because they have the ball right now too. Um, I would say no, you know, uh, nothing in the fight right now and probably nothing going forward. But again, going back to just some pre-flop notions and tying into what we've seen now early on, Detroit does seem to be the team that is kind of in control here, right? Two really solid offensive possessions, a special teams touchdown, a game that should probably be a little bit more lopsided in terms of a lead than it is right now. And not that they should be blowing them out, but you would like to think that this is maybe a 17-7 to game somewhere in that range for Detroit if they don't don't get turned away on that uh, fourth and goal. Um, I would actually generally kind of surprise, again, one and a half is not a big move, that the Lions aren't necessarily favored here in this spot. But actually, as we talk, they are now plus 110 on the money line. If you want to get involved, and um, two and a half is the spread in favor of the New York Jets. The other news here, the Cowboys find the end zone once more. So let's go here because this is uh, starting to evolve into a high-scoring affair. And the Jacksonville Jaguars do have the ball back here. This is their start of their, uh, I think this is their third drive, but I'll make sure and um, confirm that. 14 and a half is the spread right now. Total of 54 and a half. This has been a really good showing for the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, offensively. And I think, too, because when you look at the strengths of this Jacksonville Jaguars team, defensively, they've played the run really well this entire season. They're a top-five team. Double-check and see what they are exactly. I think they might be seventh now. Regardless, top-ten team in terms of EPA per play defensively against the run. It's been one of the things they've done extremely well so far this season. Yeah, they're seventh uh, coming into this game. And yet, The Dallas Cowboys right now, in terms of their ground game, 98 yards, a touchdown there. But Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, both nine carries, 45 yards for Elliott, 40 yards for Tony Pollard. Both have runs over 10 yards. Uh, This has been a really dominant showing by this Dallas offense and by a ground game that was going up against one of the better front seven statistically against the run in the NFL. So this is where we start to see if this game is really going to, I think at least, start to take the shape of what we were kind of talking about a couple of minutes ago. Uh, which is, is this going to be a little bit more higher scoring? If it is, that would be the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, would want this to be a little bit more back and forth and higher scoring affair. They have a second and 15 right now, so a little bit behind the chains at this point. Uh, But this is going to be one where I wonder if they were going to start to get this thing going for Jacksonville, and they do They get about like seven or eight yards. Uh, But still think that this is kind of playing in the way that Jacksonville wants it to happen. So we have a big third and eight, we'll call it, for the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up. Uh, Back to Philadelphia and Chicago. For those who are just joining us, uh, Jalen Hurts threw an interception that set the Chicago Bears up inside the 30-yard line. Uh, But offensive line has been um, pretty poor for Justin Fields today so far. He gets taken down yet again. So a drive that started the Philadelphia 25. uh, We're right now looking at a fourth and 27 for the Chicago Bears. And I think we're going to call that from the Philadelphia 20. So they're going to set up for a field goal, see if they can take a 9-3 lead. Remember, Cairo Santos did miss an extra point just a few minutes ago. So um, 
Not the most confident situation, given that. Fourth and nine, by the way, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fall, pass falls incomplete. So that is going to be ball back to Dallas, and obviously not where the Jacksonville Jaguars want to be, considering that they have had no answers for the Dallas Cowboys offense up to this point. All right, some in-game numbers to give you from a spread standpoint. We mentioned New Orleans and Atlanta. That thing has been kind of whittling away. Remember, the number peaked at 16.5. Well, the Saints are kicking this back to the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, in-game 11.5 with a total of 40.5. Steelers and Panthers, again, as we talk about some of these empty possessions and what we were looking for, what we were hoping for, uh, those empty possessions have started to come pretty quickly. Uh, We are now talking about three, after three straight, how about this, after three straight touchdown drives for Carolina and Pittsburgh, we now have three straight three and outs for these two teams. And I think we actually might be working on a fourth straight three and out. So we'll see if that is going to be the case. Uh, But regardless, in-game number right now, still just above that 40-point mark at 42.5. You start to see that tick down just a little bit. Cowboys with the ball back. That number, in terms of an in-game spread, has gotten up to 15.5 with a total of 54.5. And uh, haven't gone back to this one yet, so we'll keep an eye on it. But the Chiefs now down to 4.5-point favorites with a total of 51.5 in this matchup with Houston. Houston, of course, up 14-7 in this game. This most recent drive for the Kansas City Chiefs was a three and out. Just got six yards on that one. And the uh, Texans working on a relatively solid drive. We're talking about six plays and about 28 yards. They're going to get stuffed on a – it's going to be fourth and one. So we'll see what the Texans' decision is when we come back. I would say that we're probably going to see them go for it. At least I would think that we're going to see them go for it. All right, Mark Drummeller is going to join us next. Betting analyst Yahoo Sports get his thoughts on what we're going to see a little bit later today. And if he's got any in-game angles for us, we're tracking the morning action in the National Football League. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. 
and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, one of the more interesting sequences that I have seen that we were just talking about off the air, we mentioned that the um, Chicago Bears had a... uh, (laughs) I can't get over this. So they pick off Jalen Hurts, start a drive at the Philadelphia 25, get a first down at the Philadelphia 14, and end up punting. From the Philadelphia 31. Now that comes after Cairo Santos missed an extra point, but still an interesting decision nonetheless. We're still sitting at 6-3, Chicago up on top of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's welcome in Mark Drummeller. nice enough to give us some time today. Betting analyst over at Yahoo Sportsbook. Uh, Mark, always good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much uh, for the time today. Let's start in-game-wise. I know that there are a couple of things that we were looking at here. We'll start with Dallas and Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, finally, uh, they realized, hey, we can actually get a stop here, uh, force a punt. They're going to get the ball back with 45 seconds left in the first half, so probably not going to do much here. But did you have an angle with ja- with uh, Jacksonville and Dallas? Yeah, I really think when you look at these two teams, it, it this is Dallas's game now, especially that they got out to a lead. Just their MO, like they're a team that typically wins by margin. They like to run it up. You know, we saw them blow out the Colts, put up 56 points. They're always playing like they're trying to get into the college football playoff, it seems like. But, you know, the, I think against this Jacksonville team, very poor defensively and very poor tackling. And you look at the Cowboys, number one scoring team in the second half this year. Um, you know, I think they averaged, I think it's 14.6 points per game. So, um, you know, you would expect them to be able to extend margin against this Jacksonville defense. It's going to provide very little resistance. The live line's really high right now, but I think it's warranted because I think the, the Cowboys are really going to be able to pour it on in the second half. When you look at just, you know, their ability to get explosive plays, especially against this Jacksonville team. Um, I just don't think Jacksonville is going to be competitive. And this is a team in Dallas, I think, that is always a good live bet once they get out to a lead. A good front-running team playing from behind, not so much. The other game that I'm currently involved in right now, too, I bet this uh, in-game over for Philadelphia and Chicago, laid six and a half in-game with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, would you agree with that sentiment right now trailing 14-7, 250 left to go in the second quarter? I would. I mean, we talk about second half scoring. The Chiefs are number two right yeah. behind Dallas, 14.1 points. So, and again, against this Houston defense, it's just a matter of are the Chiefs, is the Chiefs defense going to get enough stops? And I, I think, you know, in this type of game, 
when you're seeing, you know, the worst team in the NFL against one of the best teams, most explosive offenses, um, you know, a Houston team can hang around for a little bit. And I think we saw this a couple times out of Houston this year. Very good in the first half. They can hang around. But then, you know, eventually they start making the mistakes and, you know, you get a little bit of Lovey Smith in there, some poor in-game decisions. And, you know, Andy Reid makes some adjustments at halftime. And then you really, you know, are able to kind of capitalize on getting a good number with the Chiefs because, you know, they started off slow. So I do think the Chiefs are probably a solid play in-game, especially getting it under the key number seven. All right. Anything else in-game? I think, was there one Atlanta and New Orleans? Were you looking something there? I think so. I kind of like the over. I know that total is plummeting down. Not a lot of scoring in the first half, right? Desmond Ritter's first start. But I, I just think at halftime, again, these are two teams that don't tackle well. Both have bottom 10 PFF grades in tackling. Um, so this is a situation where Ritter gets to kind of take a breath, you know, regroup at halftime. The coaches get to kind of devise a different attack. You know, does New Orleans kind of, you know, lighten up a little bit? You know, they're a team that turns the ball over a ton so that they're happy to let teams back in the game, right? So I think that type of game script, you know, kind of points to the over, seeing more points in the second half, seeing this get a little bit tighter. So, um, you know, I like Atlanta and the over. Atlanta to kind of make this more of a game and, you know, for us to see some more points in the second half. Uh, I'm laughing in the background because uh, we were we we're tracking the Steelers-Panthers game from an in-game total standpoint. Uh, our spotter, as I call him, soon to be host because he takes over for five hours after me. Ben Wilson mentioned that this might be a, a worth it looking at it under the total in game after a 14 7 start. And uh, it has been punt after punt after punt and, and, and magnificent punts at that, pinning guys inside the 20 yard line. So that continues to whittle down in terms of the in game total. We're now at 40 and a half. All right. Uh, let's get your thoughts, Mark, on what we're going to see a little bit later today. We'll start. Chargers and Titans, uh, as I have made the case many times already here in this show, uh, it does seem that this is now falling apart. I've been, I've been one of the people that have been waiting. The Titans cannot keep being this good, and sure enough, it is starting to finally, finally show itself here. Uh, is this going to continue for Tennessee, who are on the road taking on the Chargers? Yeah, I think they're going to continue to fall apart. You know, the, the biggest story here is Mike Vrabel's human, right? You know, he's been yeah. able to patch things up the past couple of years, you know, with this roster. They get rid of the GM. Um, and, you know, now we're kind of seeing things kind of fall apart, um, and especially on the passing defense side. And that's why I like the Chargers here. Um, I think Herbert's going to be able to carve them up. Last two weeks, you know, they let up uh, 368 yards to Trevor Lawrence, three touchdowns. The week before that, Jalen Hurts threw for 380 yards and, you know, a million touchdowns. I don't know exactly, but um, really leaky in the secondary. And now you have Autry out up front. You have Simmons playing on a bad ankle, right? So their defensive front and their ability to get pressure is not even there because those guys are compromised because they're not healthier in Autry's case. He's out. So um, I really like the Chargers here. I know that they've been up and down. I had a futures ticket for them to win the Super Bowl that I kind of tucked away and, you know, get ready to light on fire. But, you know, I think that's a team now starting to get a little bit of momentum. Um, and I think the Chargers can put up a really big number here against the Titans and pull away. I don't think the Titans offense is going to be able to keep up in this one. All right, let's go to Cincinnati and Tampa Bay. Uh, so not a bet that I have made. Um, I was talking about how I'm kind of tired. I've done this now quite a few times this year. I'm tired, Mark, of trying to make the case like this is the week the Bucks can put it together. Uh, they have only covered one game since week two. It has been very poor. Uh, but you're coming in here. You think that this is game number two that they're going to cover since the second week of the season, huh? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm like Linus sitting in the pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin to finally show up, right? Is Tom Brady Good and the Bucks, you know, really going to show a little life this season? Um, I, I think it could happen here. And just because I like the matchup with Todd Bowles' defense against Joe Burrow um, and the Cincinnati Bengals offense, I think that, 
you know, they can blitz him. They can apply a lot of pressure. I think they can slow him down a little bit. And, um, you know, offensively, um, I, I just feel like they, they Brady's going to be able to get, you know, have enough time, be able to, um, you know, do enough offensively to get this thing going. This is like rock bottom for the market for Tampa, I feel like. And um, I just think there's value when you're getting it. You know, you're talking about over three, you know, three points. I just think there's value here with Tampa. I think they're worth a shot. But um, who knows? You know, maybe maybe they can never end up really fulfilling the potential that we thought they would have in the beginning of the year. But uh, I, 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 I'm i taking them with the points today. All right, well, about Sunday Night Football. We'll go here in Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. Uh, earlier in the week, we were discussing this on the network, and I was actually kind of hoping, because we were floating around that five-and-a-half-point range with this, I was hoping that we would get, actually, maybe some positive news for the Washington Commanders defense and that you would get Chase Young in the field, and then the market would freak out and get this up to five, maybe six. That doesn't look to be the case. Uh, what is your thought here with the Giants catching four-and-a-half in a rematch for Washington? This is second consecutive matchup with the New York Giants for them after they come off a bye. Yeah, so um, I, I like the Giants here again. Like anything over field goal on either side, I would take. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like these teams are so even. They tied the first time, and you know Washington's defense can be had, especially um, in the secondary. But I'm in the same boat you were. I was watching it last night. It got the five and a half, and I'm like, I'm going to just wait until kick. And then I woke up this morning. I saw the four and a half. I said, let me take a bite here in case it goes the other way. I don't want to lose the four and a half. And I just think this is a situation where these two teams are pretty even. Um, this is a very critical game for both teams um, who I think have overachieved a little bit this year. But I, I just think Washington's defense is not strong enough to where I can lay this number. Uh, you know, I know that the Giants offense um, has been struggling and, you know, they're not the same, uh, you know, th that they were in the beginning of the year. And But I just think both these teams really close NFC's battle. There's a lot on the line. It's It's pretty much you know, playoff implications. And I like the coaching edge with Brian DeBall over Ron Rivera. Right. I think Ron Rivera um, is really part of the problem, uh, you know, there with Washington. And I, I think DeBall is going to be able to get enough done, turn this thing around for the Giants, and then come out with the win. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, – I'm a little nervous here because I have this Giants win total over seven – and they have been stuck on seven for quite a long time. And uh, if they don't, get, <laughs> yeah. and the rest of their schedule, we're talking Washington, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Philadelphia. It would not be shocking if they lost every single one of these games down the stretch. So I would very much like them to steal this thing. I'll be rooting for uh, the New York Giants. Hey, really quick before we get you out of here, uh, last sixty seconds. I assume, like, no way, shape, or form, you are looking at Carolina or excuse me, um, uh, Arizona and Denver today. I did put a little bit on the over just okay. because I feel like that neither of these two off defenses really warrant this this total being this low. I know the quarterback situation is a mess, but, you know, Arizona's defense is just atrocious. And Denver's defense is worn out from being on the field so much in the first half of the season. Like, they, you know, it's three and out, three and out on the Denver offense side. So I think you're seeing them kind of show some cracks. So I did play a little bit on the over, but I didn't get too crazy. I mean, this is one I'm not going to watch. Just going to check the scores, yeah. and hopefully it hits. All right, Mark, we appreciate some time. Thank you very much, man. All right, thanks so much. You can find Mark's work over at Yahoo Sportsbook. Mark Drummeller, betting analyst for Yahoo. All right, uh, really quick update here. It is a 22-yard scamper for Jalen Hurts, and he's into the end zone. Philadelphia Eagles up 10-6, last 44 seconds or so in the first half in this matchup in Chicago. So we'll give you an in-game update there, and as we approach the break for all of these other games, we'll give you some second-half lines as well. But on the other side, Tank Williams, NFL analyst for Yahoo, is going to join us as well.
exclusives live bet Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, folks? Welcome back in. A reminder for all of you if you need a last minute holiday gift, you want to buy something for yourself. Check out everything we have to offer here with a VSIN Pro subscription. Everything we do can be yours through the end of March Madness for only $79. You get access to our 24-7 network. You get access to our betting guides for bowl games, brackets, of course, the big game, and a $20 credit to the VSIN online store. Check it all now out at vsin.com slash subscribe. 79 bucks through March Madness. All right. We are at the break uh, everywhere. Every single game is at halftime here in this early window. Uh, somewhat surprising. The scores that are worth updating really quickly as they are at the break. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs march down right before the half, and they get a touchdown to tie that. No, uh, Harrison Butker with a missed extra point. They trail 14-13. As Ben Wilson has astutely noted, if you had a first-half Texans money line ticket, congratulations. Butker cashes that thing for you. You can bring it to the window and get your money. As you mentioned, Philadelphia gets a touchdown from Jalen Hurts. So the Eagles now lead 10-6 over the Chicago Bears. Also at the break here, in-game standpoint two, Philadelphia right now for the game, not the second half, eight and a half with a total of 39 and a half. And the New York Jets get a field goal to tie this game up at 10 apiece with the Detroit Lions. So with a 10-10 tie, pretty much pre-flop, except for the total, which is right around where we were at, but two and a half with a total of 41 and a half for the game between those two. Other than that, scores remain the same. So with that, let's welcome in Tank Williams. Nice enough to give us some time today. NFL analyst, former Tennessee Titan and New England Patriot. Tank, we appreciate some time. Uh, so let's just start with the, the later games, and we'll start with the New England Patriots taking on uh, the Las Vegas Raiders because uh, I know you got thoughts on Cincinnati, but I'm curious your thoughts. In, like, in your career, did you ever have a stretch where you came back from an injury late in the season for like what I bring that up is like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, right? They're coming back mm-hmm. from a really long injury with essentially nothing to play for. I feel like it's a really odd dynamic to come back from that long absence to a team in this situation, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the fortunate thing for both of those guys is that even though they're coming off a long layoff, they're coming off injuries, they already got their contract, so at least yeah. they got their money. So even though they don't have anything to play for, they already feel pretty secured. And so I think they want to kind of come back with the team and try to build some momentum in the next year. So with that being said, you have an opportunity to go against a New England team that really can't do much to you on offense, but that defense can be explosive at times. We saw both of those defensive ends coming off the edge and wreaking havoc against the Arizona Cardinals last week, and we know uh, way too often about the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, their ability not to protect Derek Carr. And so I think with that being said, I would probably look for this to be a low-scoring game. I think New England may be able to put the clamps down on that offense to a certain extent. It's hard to kind of slow down Josh Jacobs, but he's dealing with the finger. It's hard to slow down Devontae Adams. I think he'll get his, but it probably would be a low-scoring offense. So I'll probably lean to the under 44-and-a-half. That's why I remember seeing it early in the week. Not sure where it is right now. Uh, right now, I think uh, where you're talking about from a total standpoint, 40. actually, there's a couple of 46 popping up right now. So there's a 46 oh, where really? I'm at. Yeah, 45 and a half. I would, well, I would be on the under of that, but hey, you know, that's just me. All right, I like it. Yeah, 46 here at Circa where we're sitting right now, but a wide variety of numbers up on the board, 44 and a half, the lowest total there too. Uh, all right. Let's go to Cincinnati and Tampa Bay then. Uh, you know, this Bengals team, I was talking about this in the first hour. I've really come along a lot more. And, and a big reason why is this offensive line tank has been tremendous. Keeping the pressure off of yeah. Joe Burrow. He's been, his pressure rate this year is way lower than it was a season ago. They're starting to get a little bit healthier with their wide receivers. There's some continuity there. Their secondary is a little beat up. It kind of worries me. But big picture wise, I believe in this Bengals team. Should I believe in them here as three and a half point favorites over Tampa Bay? Actually, I would. Uh, I know that there's a lot of times you can kind of point to a narrative and say that 
Tampa Bay, I mean, they had to travel out to the West Coast. They ran into a bus against the 49ers, especially with that defense. Everybody amped up to try to rally around Brock Purdy. But also look at the Cincinnati Bengals where they played in a revenge game with Tennessee, probably one of the exact same revenge from last year. Cincinnati Bengals handled bids on the road. Then you come back, you get the Kansas City Chiefs at home. You beat them twice last year. You think the Kansas City Chiefs want to get some revenge. Bengals beat them too. And what sticks out to me the most is that Joe Burrow said after a press conference that this is December. This is where the good teams start to separate themselves. And I believe he's taking that mantra to heart. I think they go down to Tampa Bay and they step on their throats. So I can understand a narrative where you say Tom Brady and that offense may bounce back. And there may be a little bit of that just because you can't get worse than what we saw last week. But I think the Bengals go in there and get a dominant win today. How realistic do you think uh, their chances are to upend Kansas City and or Buffalo on their way to um, you know another Super Bowl berth? I mean, I think they can keep the party going rolling. What's going to be interesting is when they face Buffalo here, I think it's a couple weeks. Uh, that's yep. going to be a testament to them. But like I said before, you played against the Tennessee Titan team and you kind of knocked them off at home. Kansas City's been playing some really good ball as a late one of the better teams in the league, and you knocked them off. So I feel like with the parity that we see in the league right now, I mean, look, Houston's playing Kansas City tough right now. We looked at the way that the, that the Dolphins and the Bills battled last night. So there's not really clear separation between a lot of the better teams in the league and some of the teams that we look at as like the bottom dwellers. So in that instance, you feel like they have as good a chance as any. With them playing with the confidence and momentum that they have going on right now, I feel like they're one of the better teams in the AFC. Now let's talk about those Titans taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. So what's gone wrong over the last couple of weeks, you think, for the Titans? Or is this team kind of just reverting back to a form that they probably should have been more like at the beginning of the season? Uh, it seems like a lot of times the Titans lose their identity and they need to be able to stick to their identity if they want to win games. They don't really have a lot of explosiveness in the passing game. So the only way they're going to be able to win games is to lean on Derrick Henry. They had some success with the run against the Jacksonville Jaguars early last week and they just got away with it, got away from it. I'm not sure if it's due to the Derrick Henry fumble or something like that, but I feel like they're going to lean heavily on the run game against Los Angeles Chargers because we know Everyone can run against the Chargers if you commit to it. I was surprised that the Miami Dolphins didn't do that a couple weeks ago against the Los Angeles Chargers, and they let that game get away from them. And we saw that they were able to run against a better defense in Buffalo last night. And so with that being said, I feel like the Titans are going to be committed to the run. It sets up perfectly for the Chargers' pass game as well. I mean, the Titans, they're really tough against the run, so no one really tries to run the ball against them anymore. And I think Mike Williams can have some explosive plays, Joshua Palmer on the outside. Keenan Allen, I think the tight end sets up really well as well because Evan Ingram had 162 yards receiving a couple of touchdowns last week. Joe Everett is another athletic tight end that can get involved in the pass game. So I think both of these games set up for the strengths of the Chargers offense as well as the strengths for the Titans offense. So I would, I would probably push for the over in this all right, I want to ask you, too, we'll get to Sunday Night Football, but generally, when you look at the Chargers and the way their schedule breaks down here going forward, you think this can be a playoff team. They're right now they're outside uh, of the uh, picture looking in. New England Patriots are ahead of them. They have this Titans game. Then they get the Colts, the Rams, and the Broncos. Mm -hmm. It does seem like a pretty favorable schedule if things fall right in front of them. They don't need too much that they could make their way in. Yeah, all winnable games, but the one thing they have to do is not charge it because yeah, that's right. the thing. The Chargers, they have these games set up to where you feel like they should win the game and for some reason they lose it. And then you have a game last week where you know the Chargers are talented, but you say, hey, this is a talented Miami Dolphins team coming in of a tough loss to San Francisco, maybe they're going to right the ship against the Chargers, and then they come out and they dominate on defense, and you don't expect them to be able to shut down that explosive Miami offense like that. So I think if they can play with some consistency, the Chargers have a good chance as any not to only make the playoffs, but to also make some waves once they make it to the playoffs. But we need to see that consistency 
on a weekly basis from here to the end of the season. All right, Washington, four-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 40-and-a-half. Uh, odd dynamic, too. Washington, of course, last game they played was against the New York Giants, so they're playing the same opponent yeah. consecutively. Uh, they just had a bye week in between. You think that has a, any any weird effect here for this matchup? We're just playing the same opponent in almost like a series uh, for consecutive matchups? Yeah, I don't know if that has a weird effect. I think what's probably going to have the weird effect is that you just can't trust these two teams. Yeah. Like, if you look at the stats, the Washington Commanders should dominate this game. The New York Giants have been getting up an average of over 180 yards rushing per game over the last four weeks. And so with the Washington Commanders making that their bread and butter with Brian Robinson and Tandler with Antonio Gibson, they should be able to run the ball down the Giants' throat and get this win to secure their playoff standings in the NFC. But the thing is, when you have these divisional rivalries, especially in the NFC East, you expect this game to come down to the wire. You expect it to be close. And if there's a little turnover here or there and that keeps it close, I wouldn't bet the total on this one. I wouldn't bet a side either way because I feel like you can't trust either one of these teams, but it should be competitive. Tank Williams, again, NFL analyst, Yahoo Sports. Tank, we appreciate it. Thank you very much for the time, sir. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You got it. Tank Williams, 13, up on Twitter. Uh, and he also brings up a fantastic point, which is something that I pulled my hair out about uh, for the last few weeks, which has been stinks is probably a strong term that per- should not be used. Taylor Haneke is not good. Like If you actually look at some of the numbers that he's actually put forth here, even like from a PFF grading standpoint, for example, a PFF passing grade of 47.8. He has had one game in which he's had a PFF passing grade over 57. Um, it has not really been good, but the results have been there, so thus the thought is that he's a good quarterback. Uh, commits quite a few turnover-worthy plays as well. A turnover-worthy play rate of 5.7%. You're kind of waiting for all of this to come to fruition to a bad performance and or a uh, catastrophic loss. Maybe that's here with the market getting really high on them uh, up to the point where, again, they were like five-and-a-half-point favorites at one point during the week. Uh, but I think he's been playing with fire. And now you just wonder if the Giants, who are beleaguered, uh, beleaguered with injury and not really playing the greatest football at this point, are the team to kind of bring that out of them. But the numbers for him on the surface, you're going to look at that and go, ah, you know, nine, nine touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, only five interceptions. He's probably playing pretty well. Actually, not has not been the case, but that defense keeps him in position to win these games. And um, at some point, that thing's going to come home, just like we saw with the Tennessee Titans. At some point, bad play does burn you. All right, when we come back, we have all these games that were at halftime. Now they're back underway. So we'll give you an update on what is happening in the world of the National Football League, some in-game updates, and see where the early action is at with these morning slates uh, before we hand it off to the guys for the rest of Live Bet Saturday here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Make sure to check out the website too, folks. That holiday special is banging. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like, choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline this is live bet sunday on vsan the sports betting network It is time to download BetMGM because you can turn a loss into a win with BetMGM. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any pro football game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you're going to get your stake back and free bets up to 25 bucks. Log into your account and download the app sign with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt in to the one-game parlay insurance promotion and place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any pro football game. If you miss only one leg on your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Awards issued. It's non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from this one. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Some updates for you all in the world of the National Football League. First off, bad Zach Wilson showed up real quick. Interception. Throws it on the uh, fourth play of a uh, somewhat eh drive, uh, but went deep left. Picked off by Jacobs of Detroit, but the Lions don't do much. It was a good return. He actually returned it uh, from, I think it was like the Detroit 47 all the way down to inside the 20. Lions are going to get a field goal attempt out of it, and that field goal attempt is going to be good. So, again, red zone struggles for the Detroit Lions have killed them up to this point. That is three red zone possessions, and they have failed to score a touchdown on all three possessions. So, only offensive touchdown so far for Detroit has been a special teams touchdown return, a punt return for a touchdown by Khalif Raymond. This is a missed opportunity for Detroit, I would say. Uh, if they end up losing this game. And, the, and that was the other thing about it. We talked about the market movement pre-flop, but Detroit with a uh, very, very poor showing in the red zone. And thus, they are up 13-10, but should very much be leading by more at this point in this game. Other updates to give us in the world of the NFL. We did have an early score here for Jacksonville. They got the ball first coming out of the half, facing a 21-7 deficit. 10 plays, 61 yards, went down, but got stopped up at the Dallas 14. So, 
they kick a field goal to go up 21-10. I think there's an argument to be made that given the way your defense has played up to this point, that a fourth and five from the Dallas 14 is probably go territory down by 14 points. Uh, but regardless, they don't. So it's 21-10. And what happens? Just like that, Dallas is inside the Jacksonville five-yard line looking to add to their lead. So maybe a missed opportunity for Jacksonville to go for it on that fourth and five when they're um, struggling is putting it likely to stop this Dallas Cowboys offense. So we have a 21-10 lead for Dallas. They've got the ball third and four. We'll call it the Jacksonville mm, six-yard line or so at this point right now. So a massive play in this one if Jacksonville can hold this to a two-score game if that can be the case, if they can get a stop and get off the field. I wouldn't mind a stop. I also wouldn't mind a Tony Pollard touchdown. I don't think he's on the field, so I don't think I'm going to get at that. Will I get the other thing that I would really like to see happen? I will, unless there's a penalty, which there isn't. 21-10. That is going to hold at least until a maybe field goal attempt. We'll see if the Cowboys are going to go for it or not. We'll also go to Chicago. So we saw the touchdown from Jalen Hurts right before the half. Well, Eagles are starting to move now. A nice little dime over to A.J. Brown. So that's going to set up the Philadelphia Eagles inside the five-yard line of Chicago. Really great catch. Looks like he got both feet down. We'll double-check if that is going to be the case. Ooh, that might not be. I don't know if he had possession of it. Let's see if they get the snap off in time. And they're going to. Um, the, by the way, should note here, because there's a lot of player props and everything in action, uh, low-key story of this game. I'm going to pull this up to see if this is still accurate. Um, okay. He's only got three now, but Miles Sanders has only three carries in this game so far for the Philadelphia Eagles. At one point, deep into the second quarter, he had none. Uh, so that was a really odd, at least in terms of the skew of plays. Jalen Hurts, though, punches this in on a quarterback sneak. So this is going to be a second rushing touchdown for Hurts as the Philadelphia Eagles take a 16-6 lead with the extra point coming up here. And finally, as I was kind of hoping with betting this thing over the total in-game, we're finally starting to get some scoring in this thing at this point right now. So to give you some in-game updates really quickly on the games that we just hit on, Detroit Lions 13-10 lead. They are now a favorite in-game 2.5 with a total of 43.5. Again, I would say that I don't think I would necessarily be like shying away from even at minus 2.5 for Detroit with this 13-10 lead, just given how well they've played offensively. But those red zone struggles are legitimate. And if they can't punch anything into the end zone on offense, then you're going to have a tough time laying in a number that you're a little behind on. Uh, other games that we should update here. Dallas after the field goal, which is good, by the way. 24-10, the lead there. 12.5 the spread with a total of 51.5. Dallas Cowboys, of course, favored in that game with about eight minutes left to go. And with a 17-6 lead, Philadelphia is now a 13.5-point favorite. That total at 43.5. We'll see if the uh, Chicago Bears can respond on this drive. Let's go over to Carolina now where this looked like it was going to be, a uh, again, kind of reverting back to form, right? An ugly game that we expected to get pretty low scoring. Right before the first half, the drives went as such for both Carolina and Pittsburgh. Three plays, two yards, and a punt. Three plays, five yards, and a punt. Three plays, negative nine yards, and a punt. Five plays, 23 yards, and a punt. And then another three and out for the Carolina Panthers to end the first half. Well, this has been a pretty big drive for Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers. We're at 20 plays. 90 yards and 11 minutes, and this is going to get capped off by a Mitch Trubisky touchdown. So they now lead the Steelers to 20-7 to with the extra point coming up. 317 left to go in the third. Essentially the entire third quarter on that drive eliminated by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So even though this thing ends in a touchdown, not the worst thing in the world because essentially, I mean, we got three minutes left, they ended the third quarter. So it was a 20, finally, the final drive, 21 plays, 91 yards, and I got 11 minutes and 43 seconds for the Pittsburgh Steelers on their first drive 
of the first half or the second half. So that's the first drive of the second half, and we've already got three minutes left to go in the third. So underbetters really like the way that that drive went, and the Steelers take a two-score lead there. And uh, now that front seven gets to pin their ears back a little bit here and start to get after it with the Carolina offensive line. I stumbled a little bit there because I want to double-check that this is actually uh, real, and it looks like it is. Um, let's go to New Orleans now. 14-10 to 10 is the score that I've got here. New Orleans up on top of the Atlanta Falcons. It looked like they were going to run away with this New Orleans, uh, and it did look too, by the way, because the Falcons take their drive of the second half, first drive, uh, at 75 yards in eight plays and score a touchdown. At one point, it did look like Desmond Ritter on a rollout had thrown an interception on the sideline, uh, but... Saints defender can't get his feet down, so they resume the drive, and sure enough, they go eight plays, 75 yards. They punch it in. This is now a four-point game, so we're talking about for a couple of angles here, right? First off, pre-flop-wise, there were some spots for the majority of the week that are sitting on four. This ended up closing five and a half or five, so Falcons get inside the pre-flop number currently with about 10.46 left to go in the third. Also, remember, and we were talking, I think it was Ian McMillan who was with us, a Falcons super fan who mentioned that at 16.5, which is where this in-game line had reached for the New Orleans Saints, that that was worth looking at because that they were going to be able, the Falcons, to maybe claw their way back into this thing and that Ritter was going to be a little bit more comfortable. Sure enough, that seems to be the case as they are now down only four. And from an in-game standpoint, catching just 6.5 compared to 16.5. So we've whittled 10 points off that in-game line with a total of 42.5. By the way, I should note, I didn't update this. Uh, Steelers, now that that extra point is good, 21-7. Uh, that is an 11.5 point spread in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers over at BetMGM with a total of 40.5. Alright, we go to Houston now as we're going around the scoreboard here and updating everything that we have seen up to this point. The Houston Texans at one point led the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they led them a couple of times. 7-0, 14-7. The Chiefs got that touchdown right before the half. Did not get the extra point converted, but they have gone down and tacked on a field goal. So the Chiefs have their lead of the day. So I think it's the first one of the day, if I remember correctly. Uh, 16-14. Yes, it is. Uh, now, a 7.5-point favorite in-game with a total of 49.5 for the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, the details of their opening drive here of the second half, kind of exactly what you expected. You want a little bit more, at least in terms of uh, some success. And honestly, just given the way the Chiefs generally play with decision-making, Kind of a surprise. Uh, fourth and two from the Houston eight. The Chiefs actually decide to they kick the field goal to take a two-point lead as opposed to go for it, um, which generally, right, fourth and two short yardage situation in those spots, Kansas City is pretty much go time. Uh, not the case, though. So they kick a field goal. They are now leading in that one 16-14. The in-game numbers there, as we mentioned to you, seven and a half now up to eight and a half with a total of 49 and a half. All right, I think that's every single game that has been updated up to this point, at least when we're looking at uh, the games that are currently underway. So before we get out of here, we'll give you one last look at the afternoon games, where we're at from a number standpoint, and the guys will take you the rest of the way with Live Bet Saturday and what we're seeing both on the field and what we're expecting with the afternoon games. First up, Arizona and Denver. Denver right now a one-and-a-half point favorite with a total of 37. Bet MGM's got them at one-and-a-half. Other spots have them as high as two, but that total consensus-wise, 37 is what we're looking at between Arizona and Denver. Uh, I have absolutely... Zero opinion on this and zero desire to watch that game. New England and Las Vegas, we're talking about a two-and-a-half consensus. BetMGM's number two-and-a-half in favor of uh, the Las Vegas Raiders with a total of 45-and-a-half. Of course, story here, it does look like Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro will be on the field once more for the Raiders. Chargers, three with altered juice across the board, depending on where you shop, with a total of 46-and-a-half in their matchup with the Tennessee Titans, a bit that I have made. Cincinnati is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, holding strong there with a total of 47-and-a-half. We do have a lone four 
on the board in favor of Cincinnati. So, mm, got to tell you, I love this. I love this Bengals team, but I might get dragged back in here with the Bengals, with the Buccaneers. If we get the four and a half. If we get to four and a half, probably not going to be the case, but we've seen crazier things. All right, that does it for me. My shift is over here on Live That Sunday. You guys will take it over as we move forward here. A lot of great content, of course, moving on. And if you got time, you do. Go to vcin.com, check out our holiday special. See you next week. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.